we got Alan that's going to come up um, with, uh, with two couples. And, uh, you know, obviously you're catching the theme, leaders that last. Um, for those of us in leadership, we know that it's not a straight line. It's not like, and God says, and cool, everything makes sense from then on, and it seems exactly perfect. Actually, sometimes life and leadership takes really crazy turns. Um, I, I, I hiked a mountain once. True story. Big mountain. Pikes Peak in Colorado. Yep, pretty proud of that. They had to put me on oxygen at the top. It was bad, but I hiked it. But one of the things I didn't know about mountains is there's like these switchbacks at the top, you know, and, and, and no one told me this because I wouldn't have gone if they told me, but sometimes leadership feels like that. It feels like we're just going back and forth on the same side of the mountain, and we're not moving very far, and it's taking forever, and it's really hard. And so Alan is going to take a couple of couples here and who've experienced some of that and, um, and let, us, let us in onto their story so we can pray for them and care for them and also so we can learn from them. Thanks. Sam and Becky Cox, why don't you come up? And JD and Michelle Singbile. Woo! Let's give it up for them. There we go. So, uh, normally after preaching and I get tired, I get really inappropriate. So, I'm just trying to like really just rein in myself here. Um, anyway, when I think of, uh, <laughs> I really, my wife and I love both these couples. We've known JD and Michelle longer than Sam and Becky, but uh, it's just been such a privilege to get to know them and do some life and ministry around the place. And, uh, you know, when, uh, when Corey last night talked about what he would say to his 25-year-old self, um, and particularly saying, man, build your character not just your competence, uh, just so, and develop habits that develop your character. Um, all four of these people are actually of high character, but when I think of them, they are all four incredibly competent. And I can imagine um, you guys, as, as younger leaders, um, probably thinking that your competence would get you through. You probably even had people come and encourage you and kind of tell you, you can do anything, you're so gifted, uh, and probably bought into that. Um, and just life has a, has a way of showing us that competence is great, but it's, it's not enough. And so these unexpected turns, uh, let's start with JD and Michelle. You, you've planted two churches. Um, Michelle is South African, JD is uh, from Omaha, but um, they met at college and, and have planted two churches. Uh, and uh, there's been some unexpected turns with that. Tell us about that, J.D. Yeah, so Nebraska boy, we got married up in uh, school in Chicago and then moved back to Nebraska to my hometown, worked as a youth pastor, and then moved to Omaha to help be a part of a church plant team. And then from there, uh, we're sent out to back to South Africa and planted in Cape Town, and we were there for three years um, and kind of planting and leading in church, two of them. And uh, yeah, it was a wonderful time, and yet not at all what we expected. Uh, big hopes, big dreams, and ended up closing that church, um, kind of hitting burnout as a couple. Had never, ever thought that we'd go back to Nebraska, and all of a sudden found ourselves on a plane uh, back to Omaha. And kind of landed into just an interesting season in the church that had sent us, and so ended up coming out and working in nonprofit world for a couple years, 
before then kind of with another group and um, planting again uh, in Omaha uh, beginning in 2015 and did that for two and a half years before, um, yeah, just coming into some more interesting seasons where God began to uproot us. And um, so we handed that church over uh, and it's still going and doing well um, in January this year and kind of entered into six months of saying, okay, God, what, what's next? before just recently um, kind of things clarified around June and we moved in June and um, ended up here at Southlands now. Which we're very grateful for, really are. Um, what did you find about yourself, particularly in this last season of unexpected turns, what did you find about your character that God began to shape? Yeah, I think... Um, I was thinking about, uh, I didn't know exactly where we'd go with the panel, but I was just thinking about what God's been teaching us over the years. And I think one of the, the maybe the number one thing that in the different turns that we've been on is learning how to forgive. And I, I think there's several groups um, that I've had to learn how to forgive. And the first is others and specifically uh, the church. You know, it, it's been, there's been, shots that have come uh, through working with and for God's people that have been so painful. And so learning how to forgive and, and to even uh, love and pray for, uh, probably the most important book that I've read in the last 10 years um, has actually been R.T. Kendall's book, Total Forgiveness. And I'd highly recommend that for church leaders because he just uh, provokes and, and pushes and encourages um, just to enter into forgiveness in a deeper way. And the second person I had to forgive was, uh, learn to forgive was myself. Mm. Um, I, I've been doing a kind of deep dive into Enneagram this year, and I'm a one. And so for you Enneagram geeks, uh, that means I'm a perfectionist and just cannot tolerate weakness or imperfection or in myself. And of course, um, I'm all of those things all of the time. And so learning to receive God's grace um, afresh. And, uh, yeah, and it's amazing how that's actually grown compassion and love and, and better forgiveness for God's people, the church. But I think finally, and I'll land, uh, Al, but uh, is being able to forgive God. If God is orchestrating and sovereign and even ordaining all these things, then I've had to deal with that. I've had to deal with the failures and, and the, you know, not having things go the way that I hoped they would. And, and so actually dealing with God and uh, in that meeting him um, as a kind father and, and allowing him to sh just shower his love and kindness and thoughtfulness on us in this season. So profound, man. Uh, Michelle is a uh, marriage and family therapist as well as uh, together with JD in ministry, very, very wise. Um, and Michelle, two things. Uh, what, what have you learned in this, about yourself in uh, this latest unexpected turn? And then secondly, what habits have you and JD developed to say, well, Lord, we don't want this thing to crush us. We want it to shape us. One thing I'm not proud of that I think this last season helped me see is there's sort of, and I think it was touched on yesterday, but there's sort of this 
some days when I wake up in a hard season, I, I kind of, I'm looking for a little bit of license to behave a bit badly or um, <laughs> maybe write like a really poignant text to somebody who has hurt my husband or, you know, <laughs> other spicy things like that. And, um, and that was, yeah, I didn't like that that was in there, but it's in there. And, um, and then uh, I have, my personality is very different from JD's and I tend toward the melancholy. And so just the, I saw how, how I can just kind of run with that a little bit and um, that's also not helpful. So habits-wise, and these are linked, but one of the things that JD and I have really tried to do in all seasons is to really know our story, um, know our story really well, rehearse our story to ourselves and each other. Sometimes at night, we're telling each other, okay, we've been here before, this is how God showed up. Mm, mm. Um, but then we've started to teach our kids our story. Mm, um, so good in a way that, you know, we would love to be gone, dead, buried, whatever, and our kids are telling their kids the story of God's faithfulness to us. Um, and so, and we do that for two reasons, really, because sometimes we'll be driving somewhere and one of our kids will say, hey, mom, can you tell us this piece of the story? Or can you tell us again how, we have one kid who was born in a bathroom in Cape Town, and she's always asking us, can you tell me again about how I was born in the bathroom? And so the thing about um, telling our kids our story is it's just good for a good laugh sometimes. Sometimes you just need a good laugh. You need to have some fun together. So we'll tell them the story. But um, the other reason we do it is um, on those mornings when I wake up a little spicy, um, it's just a good, like, realignment. It's a good, you know, like, you can't do that. You can't wake up and write that text. You can't do that to the bride because you don't need to do that because I'm going to show up and I'm going to. So this good. is my story. You're just a part of it. So good. Um, and so even yesterday as we were singing, um, uh, It Is Well With My Soul and then Great Is Thy Faithfulness, it was this awesome moment where I realized, like, we, I know those songs because I learned them as a child, but um, we know those songs and our kids know those songs because we live them. And um, they're not just songs, they're like recalibrations or realignments back to this story that we're teaching. And we have to preach it to ourselves a lot because we've had a lot of curveballs. But um, it's, for me, it's the one of the best remedies for my melancholy, so. Mm. We're very thankful for your strength, uh, but it's not just strength, it's, it's resilient strength, and it's, it's humble strength, and very thankful for what we've seen God shape in you and continue to do very much. Uh, unexpected turns do not mean failure. They often mean just delay um, and taking the long way around. And we see Scripture littered with people that took the long way around in God. And uh, Sam and Becky are British. Um, they, uh, they are not name droppers, so I'm going to drop names for them just to give you a context because they are part of a plant now. They came to join PJ and Ash 
uh, about two years ago. But before that, they were based in a large church, and um, they uh, um, were part of the band of Martin Smith from Delirious and then Matt Redman for about 10 years. And so Life on the Road, uh, quite glamorous and, and glitzy, etc., and did really well with that. I know that. But then the Lord kind of brought an unexpected turn where he called you to bed back in a local church. So pick us up from there. What did you, you guys learn at that time? Um, I think that the headline is that most of our dreams can be a little small. Mm-hmm. You know, you find yourself doing the thing you thought would bring you the, the, the kind of the satisfaction that um, you'd expected for. And you arrive at that place and very often realize, oh, this is it. Mm. I had really small dreams. I had a really small... Mm. <laughs> and so um, actually at about 26 or 7, it was kind of like, what do I... What now? What do I do now? You know, I'm, this is as, kind of as good as it gets. And it's, mm. it's okay. <laughs> but I would p- kind of put my hope in something and, mm. and mm. found it found it to be wanting because ultimately you know this is a much bigger mm. this is a, a much bigger thing than than uh, those kind of er- earthly dreams as so if a musician you know as a young kid you want to play at the Albert Hall and at these arenas and so you know there were some bucket list moments that were really amazing um, but eventually you kind of go oh like what now mm. you know and so um yeah, I think just something began to stir in us to um, be looking to the horizon and, and you know, st- waiting for him to speak to us about what to do next. And so, um, yeah, we began to develop um, just as leaders in the local church and leading worship team and, and songwriting and leading worship in that way. And um, mm. so uh, that I think that's the big thing, just that... Um, Yeah, the the God has much 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 bigger ideas for us than we sometimes think we mm-hmm. we have. It's amazing. Yeah. So you you spoke to me about saying, man, even though that was amazing, God was speaking to both of you about finding your own voice, even if that meant in a slightly smaller context or more humble context. Um, and just great to see you leading in this con- context. But this is a lot smaller than you've than you've led in. But it seems like God has captivated you again for the local church. Um, and Becky, speak speak to us just about moving from the UK across the Atlantic uh, to um, DC and the excitement of that, but then the unexpected, painful turn of that. And what did God develop? What is God developing in you? So, uh, a small bit of back history: we knew that God wanted us to be in America um, about eight years ago. We both kind of came to each other like, um, I think God's saying, and you know, and it aligned, and we both agreed, and we, so it took it took a while to see where see where he was having us land, and um, we said no to a few things, and people were like, "What? Why have you said no to that?" Mm. Um, but we just knew like this isn't the place. So mm. we then um, heard from these guys that they were going. And we're like, "Oh, that would be fun." Um, so we kind of it all just came together really easily, mm. really quickly. Um, I don't know if you know how long they waited for their original visas, but ours came within less than a month, and it mm. was like, boom. And so we 
we took off and it was sad leaving our family, but we were like, this is it. We're finally going to be home. And um, we landed in D.C. And um, yeah, it was, we, we felt we're home. And then however many months later, um, it started to look like we weren't quite home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it just, um, yeah, I mean, the last year has been so crazy that we often just have to laugh about it because you're like, what just happened? Um, I was heavily pregnant um, when everything started to unravel and um, there were days where I was like, I just don't even want anyone to talk to me mm. about the word church. Like, mm. I'm just going to sit here and <laughs> grow this baby and, you know, I'm done. <laughs> um, and But I think for me, um, there, there was a couple of things. It's It's been an incredible journey of just helping me dive back into scripture in a way that mm. I just think I'm realizing now my love for scripture was so surface level before mm. then like I loved mm. it and I read it and I mm. enjoyed it but now I'm like just mm. love it even more it's so it's so life to me like mm. if a day goes by without reading it, I'm like you can see in my just mm. my person it's like mm. ooh. Um, yeah I get spicy <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I think that, and, and even just looking back at what, like, mm. you know, we, we kind of say quite openly, like we, we never told anyone we wanted to be church planters. Mm. We're like, no, mm. we're quite happy to be part of a church that. A room full of church, church planting. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, it's the least sexy thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> we had no intentions of ever doing this and here we are. <laughs> But, you know, if you ever say that to God, he's like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, um, I can't remember what I was going to that. But basically, uh, another thing that we, oh, yeah, that was it. I was just, I feel like I've looked into scripture and just pulled back, like, what is church? Like, we have in this, the 21st century, we have the glamorous church. We have this, we have that, you know. All that Sam got to do traveling around, like, is the glamorous side of it. And um, it just was so helpful just mm. pulling back, like, actually, mm. what does building a church look like? Mm. What, is, what is it? Mm. Um, and then the second thing was um, just our sense of entitlement, I mm. think, mm. Has, has made us been mm. really challenged by that. Mm. Um, and that's been a journey, I think, of the last year. Mm. Um, a few months after we landed, um, Sam's brother was diagnosed with cancer, mm. and we were like, like, this isn't fair. Like, we've just left our family Mm. And there's a family crisis, and we mm. can't go back to them. And mm. and th and we were just challenged on, well, why do you think? Like you know, mm. we're not entitled to anything. Like that. we're not entitled mm. to that. Mm. Um, and so just even through all that's happened, it's mm. like, well, who says it's going to be easy? God doesn't. Yeah. God doesn't promise that. Mm. He promises that He works all things for mm. good. Um, so I found myself actually, I'm more on the like positive Tigger side. Like mm. every day's a a happy day in my world. Um, and so I've had to learn how to come down to the reality of some, mm. some days. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's my, good. my that's good. Well, we are going to um, watch a, a short little video clip of um, the plant that you are in, involved in. Um, but just land us, Sam, before we, we go there. Because you, you said something yesterday. You said, I'm really tired of writing songs about storms. <laughs> and uh, 
Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but that incredible anthem that Sam and Becky led first up this morning was an anthem that they have written, and it's just so full of both pathos and our weakness and Christ's strength. And I, I kind of, I, I was thinking about um, just the fact that so often authority, and if I can use the word even anointing, is strengthened um, in storms. <laughs> Where, where, where people that have been through a storm sing about Jesus' faithfulness in a storm, there's just more weight. Uh, when people who preach on faith have had their faith tested, it just carries more weight. And so we don't wish that on you, but thank you that the Lord is using this storm to encourage others and strengthen others. So just finally, like how, how, has, the, how, how has your worship gift served you in this storm? Yeah, this morning was the first time we've led together for, I think, since April, March, April, since everything kind of, we have, yes, we have, and uh, so, um, you know, there was a sense of, like, have we coagulated, have we, you know, are we going to know what to do, and so thankfully the Lord's, the Lord works anyway, and it's not us, Um, but... um, I think you're right. I think that that that, that um, there's we've kind of had to realize that there's a sense in which that you know life life is it it is like high mountaintop plateaus and it is ocean floor shipwrecks like it's both and you you do move through both. Um, there's something about singing in the storm, not just about the storm um, that I think we've learned, um, and. Uh, you know, I'm I'm different to Bex. I'm the one that kind of I it, it helps me to actually acknowledge the depth of the valley sometimes because you need that kind of fulcrum to be, to be able to turn back upwards. You know, it's like just face face the low and and um, but but transversely, um, yeah, you don't want to stay there. And um, I think that is maybe a little bit of a again being confronted with with entitlement. That's, it's, it's definitely something that's creeping in in, in our Western church, um, even songwriting culture. Mm. You know, you go to places in Africa where they have nothing, mm. and they just they rejoice, rejoice, mm. celebrate, and there's just a, a, a freedom from care. Um, and I, I, I learned, uh, I was actually at PJ's sister's funeral, and he, he quoted Spurgeon where he says that um, the, it's actually in the cellar of suffering that the Lord prepares his choice vintage. And I think like it's been a little bit of a seller for us, you know, like just with a side of obscurity. (laughs) But we are so aware that he's been developing us. Like that is just a reality that sometimes that's been the only real thread of hope we've been able to hold on to is like we just know whatever's going on right now, like he is training us, he is doing something in us, and and there will be fruit Mm. further on down the the road. Um, Yeah. Well, thank you both. Uh, We love you.